If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Patrice. Hey, Marleya. Hey, Courtney. Hello, Marleya. Hello, Patrice. I didn't know I'd taken over director role. Neither did you, did you? Well, I think Marleya and I were like, yeah, good enough. (laughs) We're holding up, even though you can't see them in radio internet land, the, the lovely wine tumblers that were gifted to us by Ruth and Jeff from the uh, Parental Advisory Podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you love I love this little um, brand yes. mark here with Super the Strange cute. South Podcast. Yes. I'm totally going to steal that, Ruth. <laughs> That's awesome. You guys like are great. Happy so holidays. it has an original logo on one side and then our names on the other. Mm-hmm. Right. Thank you, Courtney, for explaining stuff where people who black, can't see with their ears. They're black <laughs> with white lettering and a white logo that has a has a combination we, of the skull, the crow. All um, right. There's pictures on the Instagram and Facebook. Oh, okay, if good. You, if you want to see. Awesome. Ooh, and Ooh. they're keeping this delicious beverage cold. Oh, yes. <laughs> My segue into what we're drinking Thanks. tonight. Okay, I haven't named it. So I thought about asking the fans when I post the pick if they want to help me name this. It's Are we not kind of this an Mary? original. Mary Cherries? <laughs> Mary Cherry. <laughs> Mary <laughs> well, we should call it Mary Cherry Manhattan. That's it. That's Never mind. I'm not going to ask you. Anyway. It's a Mary Cherry Manhattan <laughs> because it's made with the brandy cherry. So um, I love Manhattans because I love whiskey and um, I usually make them out of Jack Daniels rye. And I have my favorite, very expensive, the most I've ever spent on any kind of liquor like this, vermouth that I'll put, I'll post in the notes that um, a fellow whiskey drinker recommended and he was right i've had the same bottle for three years okay you don't use Whoa. a whole lot of it and i actually found and i was at the very end after three years of Manhattan's with it and we found it this week at a, a beverage shop a specialty beverage shop in birmingham called linnell's that's right isn't it really yeah it's linnell's yeah and so anyway this is um yeah it's gonna be a merry cherry Manhattan. It's a uh, Jack Daniel's rye, uh, vermouth, bitters, and brandy cherry juice, which is just um, like a brandy simple syrup that the cherries are soaked in. Nectar the of the cherry. gods. It's and delicious. It is. It's very very good. And, and it's, if you, oh, go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying it's even more delicious because it's nice and cold <laughs> in our little drinks. In our, li- in our little tumbler. tumblers. Tumblers, thank you. I can't remember that word. Yeah, There's words. A, not, and if, not if you want to if you want to hit up this place at any point, it's um, it's Linnell's Beverage Boutique in Birmingham. It's um, off of 32nd Street and it's www.linnells.com 
l-e-n-e-l-l-s.com i shouldn't be doing this because we don't get ad sales from it but <laughs> they're they are actually they they're very good and they've got a lot of stuff there that you probably couldn't find many places so hit it up cool we don't go many places i just had to have surgery and so we stayed the night and decided to do a little local like safe shopping and it was yeah, only like where one you could look worker. in the window and see if there's nobody else in there <laughs> that kind of safe shopping. and then we went to you know a local carry out and didn't, we did not eat in the restaurants so no way no. but we did a local carry out and we went to a local antique store that just had the owner in there and so we tried to do some local stuff before the mm-hmm. surgery it sounds like fun good stuff right yes I... that's our drink that that's mary cherry's manhattan is mary cherry manhattan yes <laughs> and um also wanted to tell everybody that uh if you're a patreon which is three dollars a month i'm starting to create these little uh cocktail cards from courtney's recipes and send them out to our patrons so you can get like a strange south cocktail card with every episode and I'm catching up like I mean we have 75 episodes now Mm. and so I have several I'm backlogged a little bit but that's okay I'm gonna keep current with like what we're drinking now so Mary Cherry Manhattans will be up there yeah and it's three dollars to be a patron and I want to just shout out to Gina our newest patron Thank, thank you. you so much thank you, Gina. Um, we appreciate you and um yeah that's it bring your friends bring your friends <laughs> <laughs> make the cocktails <laughs> yum you yum. won't regret it exactly oh what are we doing this week what's our uh what's our our order of business i can't remember um it's first Am I, I think first? You're first because yeah. I panicked a little bit thinking that I'm probably going to finish this drink by the time I talk and <laughs> it's not going to go well. Nurse and that water. Nurse it. <laughs> I, I am. I'm, I'm, I've got my backup water that I'm drinking. And um, for everybody that has listened to previous podcasts uh, during the pandemic, I am so sorry about my squeaky chair. <laughs> I did not realize how squeaky my chair was, and it's pretty squeaky. So I fixed that, hopefully, and no squeaky. <laughs> I didn't know it was squeaky until you I didn't told either. Me. I've never heard on. it. Tell but, um, Marleya about before but, you know, I totally, I, I am totally, like, down for fixing any kind of weird audio <laughs> things. Because my favorite person to, um, like, I watched all the um, Bon Appetit, you know, during the first part of the pandemic and just binge watched all of their YouTube stuff. And one of my favorite persons on there is Sola and she left them because um, of bullshit that they were doing and went over to the New York times or she started her own show. And depending on who she's with sometimes, I mean, I love her. She's like the quirkiest. She's like one of those people you want as like fun neighbor friend that you could just hang out with. And she's all the time like doing drink recipes and she's just crazy and creative. Um, And uh, I will watch her, but I will not watch her if her audio is bad. Like it audio affects me that much. It's like, if your audio is just like a little bit bad, I'm like, nope. <laughs> can't do it can't hang i'm sorry so uh, i really want to see you make this wonderful boozy you know uh, 
I'm all about that, but I can't listen to you because like she sounds like she's talking like from all the all kind of thing. So I just can't. So I appreciate all that to say. I just appreciate good sound and I'm gonna try my best to not be the cause of bad sound. Did you say I, breakfast martini? Is that what you said? Just now? There's no telling what I said. I think boozy brunch. <laughs> i mean i don't it's not like I, I, like I feel like i've Lucy. tried every single like breakfast cocktail but mm. i've never tried anything that was called a breakfast martini and now i'm like hmm, that's this intriguing breakfast martini all right we need, we need to work on that mm. well i guess i'm gonna go first it's funny because you talked about the squeaky chair and I'm like before before our audio turned on because I had problems with my sound when I first uh, got onto the Zoom meeting and I can I so I couldn't hear Patrice but I could see her on the Zoom meeting yeah. and I could just see her on the other end of the room like bouncing up and down in every single chair she had in the room <laughs> because she and it took I was like what the hell is she doing it was really cute because she's sitting there going like ee, 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 ee. <laughs> yeah, she's like boogieing in the chair and then she gets up and leaves and she comes back and I can't hear anything and then I remember that Jen had told us last week that, that Patrice's chair was squeaky and I was like oh my god she's trying to find the unsqueakiest chair in the house I did too oh you're so good I did oh well let's see today is as we record it is December 20th today yes of 2020 12 2020 and oh, that shit. makes tomorrow Monday December 21st the solstice oh yes tomorrow is the solstice is the darkest day of the year and uh it is also this year the great conjunction <laughs> that coincides oh, have you heard you've heard about the great conjunction all i can think of is the dark crystal the great conjunction comes but the um it's that saturn and jupiter are supposed to align at nighttime for the first time in 800 years and so that's happening tomorrow on solstice so like it's solstice so the veil is already really oh, thin yes. and oh, like shit. the jupiter and saturn are aligning and all the like facebook christians are like it's gonna be the bethlehem star and i'm like no honey that's not what it's gonna look like but mm. like it is 2020 so the world might just <laughs> fucking <laughs> just might give up ghosts and flames and <laughs> shit like, you, you, you can have it <laughs> i know Sorry. right but um so the whole like the whole winter salsa thing, it, solstice thing, it, salsa, salsa, winter, winter salsa. <laughs> Tomorrow is the salsa time. <laughs> Big salsa dance, salsa. salsa. Um, we I can't remember if we'd ever talked about this before. I, th I feel like we may have at some other like holiday like episode. We've only had one though, so I've, I've got pretty good odds on that. But you know how in um the song it's the most wonderful time of the year they talk about the scary ghost stories so there'll be tales yeah, of the scary, scary ghost, ghost stories and christmas yeah. and I it's think like the, what the a christmas carol yeah what and that's because it's story? like who the fuck tells scary ghost stories on christmas eve but mm -hmm. the christmas carol is one example patrice is like i do i do <laughs> but um <laughs> it was so it's a victorian like british victorian tradition it was actually to tell scary ghost stories on christmas eve because of the solstice partly because it's dark and everybody's just hanging around and there's going to be a fire and people are afraid of the dark and so they sit around and they tell stories and that's just kind of how it always worked for a long time and um 
it never, it, the thing is, so I sat here all week trying to like shove, I felt like I was just trying to shove like a, a square peg <laughs> into a round hole because I had found out that this was a Victorian British tradition, but I kept on being like, surely we have something of this in our past. There's gotta be something, but I was like, we're, you know, African and Gullah and Scots Irish and we're not like mm -hmm. British down here. And so, well, I don't know. I don't know about that. Well, a lot of that stuff that I found was like, well, the Scots in Appalachia, like they, they did all this shit on All Hallows. You know, it's like you're basically right. tapped out by Christmas. So it just wasn't that big of a thing. Right. And and it never really translated to like the colonies or the U.S., this whole scary ghost stories thing. So I was like, well, fuck, I spent all week trying to find fucking ghost stories and I couldn't find any fucking Christmas ghost stories. And I'm fucked and I'm just going <laughs> to fucking pull out whatever I can fucking pull wow. out. That's and some Christmas spirit. Christmas spa humbug. <laughs> but and then and then there was a Christmas miracle today. A miracle? <laughs> is it Santa? <laughs> On 34th I, Street. I was going <laughs> the Jesus. The Jesus spoke to me and said the Jesus. Um, the Jesus no. Um, they had mercy on me. And so they, I was, I had actually been just going through my old folder of stuff that I was like, okay, I'm just going to pull out a bunch of shit that was never stuff that I could use on the show, just random little funny things. And I'll just use those instead, um, which is likely to be part of our after show today. So stay tuned if you're a patron, but, um, you know, and I, one of the things that I had bookmarked in my, in my folder was this site called yourghoststories.com, which is where people write in it's all supposed to be you know stuff that has actually happened to people and you know it's it's a cute site and yeah it's a it you know how reddit a lot of those are like these have actually happened this hey. one seems like a little bit more i think because of the format of it it's kind of a little bit more of an old school blog and so i'm like maybe some of these are more people's actual and we've never like proclaimed to be factual it's tellers true. of the truth no uh, in fact we proclaim this... to be the opposite exactly and we accidentally tell the truth a lot i know it's <laughs> on purpose <laughs> 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 and so so I just I was like okay well this is here so I'm going to I'm going to type in Christmas and see what comes up and so that's what you get today. Woohoo. Um, and there it's funny cuz there's like this there there'll be like the random one where this you know some of them are always kind of like a bust. So you start reading and it looks like it's going to be really good and then it like the the full gist of the story is that a, a guy turns off all the lights and sees a black figure that just disappears when you turn the lights back on and it's like dude that's how shadows work. Like <laughs> that was that was actually that was actually not something scary, but um there were some other pretty interesting ones. So I, I I chose like three or four of those, and I figured I would give you those. Um, this first one was by uh, someone named Jeannie, and it's from Texas, but I'm counting it just because I thought it was kind of cool. Um, so she told this story about how when she was really little. For Christmas, she asked Santa for a pair of little girl high heel shoes. And it was the only thing she wanted, these little pink high heeled shoes. And she dreamed about them. And it was that thing that she wanted under the tree on Christmas. So 
Christmas Eve comes, she can hardly sleep. You know, she's she's like trying to stay in bed because she knows Santa won't come to the house if she doesn't stay in bed. She's been really, really good. And she gets up in the morning and she runs to the Christmas tree and these beautiful little pink plastic high heels are under the tree. And she just hops right in them and she's like prancing everywhere, showing them off to everybody. She's like the happiest kid in the world. And um, her her mom has gone off to start coffee or, you know, it's like you get up at like 5.30 a.m. at this age to do Christmas. And so her mom's probably like dragging herself in to get coffee. And um, this genie starts to walk towards the kitchen so she can show them off to her. Like she's just going to like follow her mom everywhere she goes and hear the tap, tap, tap of these little shoes. And as she gets the doorway to the kitchen, she sees this black arm come out of the doorframe. And she's walking so fast in these little high heels and she doesn't know how to walk in them that she goes straight through the arm that stretched out across the door. And she's so terrified that she falls over herself. She breaks the heel of this little high heel shoe that she's wearing and she's crying and she's not crying because she broke her shoe. She's crying because like she just walked through a fucking right apparition that came out of the door frame and um so you know her mom thinks it's just the shoes and she's you know she comforts her and everything's fine and you know the memory kind of goes away but then when she's 12 years old the weird thing is she sees the thing one more time that she and her mom and her sister are laying under a tree on a blanket in the backyard one day and they're they're talking about it sounds like she says they're talking about like god stuff like religion stuff and then all of a sudden like this black arm reaches up out of the ground and comes around her and she like screams and jumps up and runs away and she tells her mom about it and they just basically they pray about it and she won't sleep by herself for a couple nights like she sleeps with her sister and she's never seen it happen again but it's like this weird just out of nowhere this black arm comes out and just grabs her i was like that was creepy as shit that one freaked me out oh i like that mm-hmm. nope. from nope. Texas. nope and the whole thing is like oh she's like sleeps with her mom for like a few nights and i'd be yeah, sleeping with my mom till i'm 30 i'm yeah, sorry me too. i was like that would <laughs> be just that's a just nights. a few nights that would no. be forever, forever. Yes. so let's see the second one i found is from louisiana from somebody named amy and uh, she talks about so her and a lot of these stories were very sweet. That's another reason why I kind of think some of them like might have been people telling their experiences or their perspectives on experiences is because they're not all scary. A lot of them are these sweet stories that people a lot of the time have when they talk about spirits, especially at the holidays. Right. Right. So Amy's talking about her dad has passed away in 2005 and it, it was December when he passed away and it was a shock that he died. It wasn't something that they expected. He hadn't been ill. It was a, it was an acute illness and he, he passed away. Um, and, um, so a few a few weeks after he passed away, the whole family went to um, went to Amy's mom's house for Christmas. It was they had two two sons, and um, it was Amy and her husband and her mom. You know the the brothers, you know nieces and nephews, and they tried to just do everything the way that they normally would do, and you know be all excited and be happy and all the gifts and all the all the fun stuff. Right, Somebody, trying to you just know, keep everything keep like- everything yes. <laughs> even kill for the kids exactly and and have some joy you know right in, in a bad time yeah. we all know about that right now yeah, and so for sure so you know they do like so many of us do is like they decide who gets to be santa and put on the santa hat and give away gifts and do all this stuff and um 
one one of the kids puts on the Santa hat and they stand up and somebody takes a picture of them standing next to each other with the Santa outfits on and stuff. And when they look at the picture afterwards, the image of of Amy's dad's silhouette is on the window behind them. There's like a curtain across the window and his silhouette is on the curtain. And there's the, they, she shares the picture on the website and I can put it on our show notes, but it's, it, it could be a shadow. It could be, but there is a man's silhouette on the curtain. Or it could and be neighborhood peeping Tom. It. it could be some, yeah, you can absolutely <laughs> see it. There's no question, but it could, yeah. I mean, it could be some random dude just like hanging out outside. She and didn't when say was if this? they were on the second floor. 2015? Um, 2005. Oh, 2005. 2005. Okay. And, um, but she said since that night, they could hear him walking around upstairs in his bedroom in the house because they all stayed after Christmas to spend time with the family and everything like that. And they could hear someone walking around upstairs. They could hear his TV come on when there was no one there. Nobody would go upstairs because this weird shit is happening. And it's already a little weird when somebody passes away. Like sometimes you just don't want to be in that space for. Are are you just so used to having them around that you think that they're still there? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I mean, this is nothing. I mean, I have never lived with anybody immediately that had like passed away that was part of my everyday life, but I've had pets Mm -hmm. that have, have, you know, all of a sudden died and just thinking that a pet has just walked up to you. Like I've had cats who have died and they they were my only pet and they would always like come to the kitchen and thinking that they had brushed up against your leg. And then you Mm -hmm. remember that like, Hey, they died is mm-hmm. the creepiest feeling ever. yeah or you can hear and the saddest on the on the floor i can yeah. hear yeah i could hear cleo's little bell mm-hmm. all the time on her collar mm-hmm. yeah so yeah they would they would hear things like that they could smell smoke in the living room by the recliner she said where he would watch tv after supper and smoke um and they the children after a while would go to spend the night with their grandma and um you know, this wasn't the same trip or anything, but they said they came home saying that grandpa would tell them good night when they went to bed at grandma's house and that they would hear him going upstairs to bed. And after it happened a couple of times, they wouldn't go over anymore because it was terrifying to them. Like it was very, yeah. very real. Yeah. And then um, more things started to kind of happen. You know, nobody really would go upstairs and um, they heard his toilet start fl- like his toilet would just randomly flush upstairs and no one would be in there. And, um, so it's funny because one of those, like, should I do something to help his spirit move on from this, you know, and the forum, like the comments after it was just so like lovely. It was just so sweet. All these people like kind of piling on and saying, you know, he's, he's, maybe it's not his, maybe it's not time. He'll leave when he's ready. He's just trying to make sure everything's okay. Do you try to talk to him? You know, like that kind of stuff. And she said she eventually did go into the upstairs and just have a conversation. And um, that after that happened, it kind of slowed the activity some, but she didn't check in after that. So that was an wow. interesting one. Yeah. Um, let's see. There it's is. Sad they were scared though. Because I know be that was one of the sweet. things. Yeah. And she, they, people were saying like, you, you, you should talk to your kids and say, this is a, this is not an evil spirit that mm-hmm. you're dealing, you know, it's not, but it's hard, you know, kids. Yeah. Are like, yeah. It's hard. I would for like them. to think I wouldn't be scared if my loved ones came to me, but I probably would be. I, don't I, know, w- I think I would be. be. Yeah. At that age, I would have been. Oh, for sure. At that age. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh let's see i had uh i had two more so one of them i just thought was interesting and this is somebody who visited um his parents in huntsville at christmas and when he was when he was little and i'm probably about my age because he's talking about he-man and he was about eight when when this stuff happened so during one of the christmas visits to um to the grandparents in huntsville one of his favorite toys at the time was a plastic he-man sword and um so he always always played with it and on christmas eve before he went to bed he went down to the tree and he hid the the he-man sword underneath the couch so that you know during all the hubbub of course he could just go straight there he knew exactly where it was he could pull it right back out and start playing with it in the morning and um so they there was only one bed in the bedroom that they were staying at because they were visiting so there was a little cot that he slept on in his in his parents room while they were there and so in the middle of the night he woke up to his mom yelling at him to go back to bed and he was like falls back to sleep and it finds out the next morning that she she says she saw him in the middle of the night playing with that sword at the foot of the bed standing around swinging it around and everything and he's like i was fucking asleep he's like eight years old and so the next morning mouth. fucking yeah <laughs> um <laughs> so he he goes down the next morning he's playing with the new toys christmas op- opens all the things christmas morning and then he's like okay i gotta go get my sword and he goes under the couch and it is not there okay. and so he starts kind of asking if anybody has it and he ends up searching the whole house for it and he finds it at the foot of the car where his mom said she had seen him playing with it but he's like i i swear i was like i've never sleepwalked in my life my mom said she was wide awake and i did not touch that thing and she said she remembered seeing a child my size silhouetted in the light of the bedroom door playing with my sword for a long time and he said all i know is i didn't touch it i know i didn't touch it uh, he slept well i mean i wondered if he slept well yeah that that's too. something max would do i mean i've, I've told y'all about max yeah. you know me waking up and max just standing there staring at me oh that's so creepy and, <laughs> no oh my gosh i would punch my own kid i swear <laughs> <laughs> and having conversations with him where he wouldn't answer <laughs> me back but he would just stand there look at you oh my and, god <laughs> and totally have no memory of it oh my gosh um, and i just i'm just so thankful that he wasn't like a wanderer like mm-hmm. he doesn't wander um because some kids that's you know they will go outside and stuff like in the that's middle of the night randy used to do they had to lock the doors on him randy would oh, leave really? and walk out into the street yeah, yeah. and have no what? memory <laughs> no memory of it oh and it's, it's like the most weird <laughs> thing ever and it really like as a mom especially like if your kid usually if your kid wakes you up in the middle of the night it's because they're puking or they're running fever mm-hmm. or they don't feel good or something really bad so and like, so oh, you know it's yeah as soon as you wake up you have that adrenaline surge it's like oh my god Mm -hmm. something's really wrong and so the first thing that you do is you start quizzing your kid like you know what's wrong are you okay are you hurt is anything bleeding why Mm -hmm. are you waking me up (laughs) why are you here (laughs) what's going on and he just like just and i didn't know what was going on at the time and i just remember like you know you're not supposed to shake them or wake them up yeah but i just remember like grabbing his arm and going max to me <laughs> he wouldn't i was like i mean he just exhausted me so i just that's, like well, that's a scary one though silent yeah child by your silent head. child standing that won't like relay why they woke you up 
Oh, and in fact that he didn't wake me up. He just woke me up by staring at me. That would freak me out. Yeah. That would freak me out more than anything else. Yeah. Well, but, I yeah. had... So I could totally see him like playing with his sword for hours, especially if he was obsessed with that sword. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean to like be breaking down your, your story, but oh, like, no, it's not my um, story. It's just you like, you know, <laughs> so obsessed with the sword that he puts it in a special place to make mm-hmm. sure that he can find it again. I'm just thinking he just had a one sleepwalky sleepwalky. Yeah. Yeah. I think that could be. Well, still there's scary. no backstory of like a little child who died in the <laughs> right house, no in not the on house. that one no <laughs> there's no backstory like that okay. let's see i got I'll, I'll give you a i'll give you a choice now i've got one okay. <laughs> one more short ghost story or we could do the 21 of the most unusual southern family traditions from southernthing.com we could choose one of those two things what would you Why choose? Would I choose because i'll do the other one at the after show i'll do the 21 for the, the after show okay let's let's continue with okay the i'll do story. your i'll do your last ghost story then okay good. and this one is from louisiana and this one this one is is put up here by a guy who does ghost stories like fiction ghost stories and um so the whole first paragraph of this this post was like i do this for a living i don't pretend like the things that i write are true but this one i experienced so you know if you want to believe me you can and if you don't you don't so um this guy was born and raised in new orleans and he said um hurricane katrina was the summer of his senior year of high school or after his senior year of high school so he, he would have just graduated then high school um, so two Christmas Eves later, um, he's living in this like lakefront condo because after Katrina, like the there was all these vacant luxury apartments in mm. New Orleans. And um, you know, he said before before that he'd been paying like two hundred dollars a month to rent a two-bedroom apartment on Magazine Street, which was um currently going for eight times that and he moved to the lakefront condo because it was actually cheaper and because all these like luxury places were just empty and so he's living in this swank place and his mom's and living in baton rouge at the time his sister um, had wanted to see the family for christmas so she's crashing with him in new orleans and um so he wanted to kind of surprise her with christmas presents and he ended up spending most of christmas eve driving to baton rouge and back with with wrapped presents for his sister so that he could surprise her on christmas morning and he even brings his sister's dog in the car with him as a surprise for his little sister um which is really really sweet (laughs) wait but why why would he why wouldn't they go to baton rouge is his family not there wait i don't stay with him i don't know that's part of the story Okay, I'm just okay. telling you what he told me. I'm just. In the <laughs> oh, so he told you this. I yeah, he told me this. Just tell what he told me. Just the what he told me on the internet. 
radio this is what i got i'm also i'm also skimming it very quickly so it's possible that the answer's in here somewhere <laughs> i just don't have the Sorry. patience to look for it. Got it courtney wants to know the dates she wants to I'm know sorry. why she's like why are you wasting all this why gas coming to Baton Rouge and back and the animal and why is she there without her dog i don't uh, know there's so many questions you I need have. to Let's organize see. your life man who's taking care of this dog before like what's <laughs> well i think the dog has been i think the dog and the sister had been living with the, the parents in baton rouge and the sister's in her teens and needed a break from like it'd been a couple rough years and the sister's like just crashing with the brother well uh, plus he lives in new orleans what and he lives doesn't want to go to like, new orleans well, yeah i mean like, i got that but why point. would so you drive like, back and forth to baton rouge with the they're just yeah. like see you parents we're gonna have christmas by ourselves without you, <laughs> you know what no, i could totally dig that some years i would totally do that <laughs> well with my i brother. mean yeah when but, i was a teenager for sure it seriously right so he he would have been he he's probably what like then 20 you know he's, and yeah probably like 20 it's like late teens yeah. so they're the perfect age for this shit mm -hmm. but um why he's not drunk right now instead of driving back and forth to baton rouge this is fascinating yeah. i don't know the details behind that but so <laughs> we need uh, to know <laughs> we need to know but and we we can ask clarence maybe this is <laughs> but What's up, clarence what's up clarence so um for whatever reason he's he's driven to baton rouge gotten all these gifts from his mother for his sister so that she'll have all these gifts under the tree on christmas day and grabbed the dog and is bringing the dog back in the passenger seat um and so um, something bad happened to the dog no i'm just kidding <laughs> nothing bad happens to the dog i promise um and so uh so he says he finally gets back to the condo at about 3 a.m. And he parks um, out front instead of in the parking garage to make it easier to unload the car and um, calls his girlfriend to make sure that his sister's asleep so he can sneak all this stuff in and sneak the dog in and everything. And the dog's name is May May. And so he, um, he wants to give his girlfriend a little time to meet him at the entrance to the complex to help him get the stuff up so he put the leash on the dog and then they go out to the car so he's gonna you know walk the dog a little bit before his girlfriend comes down and so as soon as he gets out of the car the dog like stops and like hunches down so that her belly is almost touching the ground and starts to growl staring off into this vacant lot next to the condo Ooh. And he says this dog is like the nicest dog. He has never seen the dog growl ever. She's like the way my dog is where like her tail starts to wag the second that she sees somebody, if, whether she knows them or not, like she'll roll over to get her belly rub kind of dog. And so he didn't even realize it was her making that noise because he's never heard her do it before. And um, she's looking at this vacant lot and just like hunched, like terrified, like ears back, shoulders, just like scared. And so he looks to try and see what she's looking at. And he sees this woman crying in the, the empty lot. And she's, she's just beyond the corner of the building. He can see her clearly enough that he knows kind of that she's looks like maybe she's in her thirties. She has like curly blonde hair, but he can tell she's not wearing any shoes. She's got a white t-shirt that's kind of like long enough to be a nightgown. And she's just sobbing. And he said, um, 
normally if he'd seen something like that he would he would like to think that his first reaction would be to go and ask what's wrong try and help but like there's something about the way that the dog responded to this that he just couldn't go over there and so his his kind of alarm bells are going off and he just stares at her and then the woman looks up and sees him looking at her and all of a sudden just lets out this like bone curling is that a word bone curdling blood curdling blood curdling sounded right but you're right it's blood curdling really bone chilling or bone chilling yo you combine the two way to just 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 destroy (laughs) the pacing of a story just way to just pull the rug right out you got it you got it we got it okay so she so this woman locks eyes with him and just screams yes and um he said it's like it was like somebody being victimized i mean it was like this horrible scream that she just yelled at him and she said she he said she pointed out at the lake that it, that was in front of her and it was behind him so she was like kind of pointing over his shoulder and he said the scream seemed to go on forever like longer than you could think somebody could scream and then she just vanished he said she didn't fade away he didn't blink she just wasn't there anymore and her scream just cut off in the middle of it and he said about a week later one of the maintenance men at the condo complex told him that before the um the hurricane there had been a homeless couple who lived in that lot in a shed in the lot next to the condo complex and they had two kids and um they hadn't been seen since the hurricane and it had been presumed that they had died in the storm and um when she when he kind of looked into it he found out that the description of the woman that he had seen in the condo complex matched the mother of this homeless homeless family down to her hair and the t-shirt that she wore um so that he said which led me to conclude that she hadn't been pointing at the lake she'd been pointing at the floodwaters Mm-hmm. so that was are they on lake pontchartrain i guess so Shit. oh my god ghost and he's a ghost name. story writer but he says this is his true that is what he says the man says did he say that's why he started writing ghost stories because he was pretty young i mean he's only his 30s it could now. be he did not say that you're very interested in clarence i don't, I don't know, know why. he gave me no more information on well him. <laughs> i'm very interested in new orleans number one and katrina number two like it really uh mm-hmm. devastated me i was mm-hmm. very 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 t- like upset by katrina yeah, it was awful it was awful so many and there's some awful stories mm-hmm. that i've kind of put on the back burner that um that i don't know if ever tell because they're so bad they're so I've bad got, i wonder if you have just one of the heartbreaking and have. just bad yeah Terrible. i've got a I've got and, a and now is not the time to be sharing that at no. all so it is not so but that was another christmas ghost bummer tales of ghost stories but those yes. were very modern, not of long, long ago. Is yeah, that's true. I know. But she was keep she's keeping tradition of the Victorians during the Christmas and the solstice of telling of the ghost stories, right? So we all need to tell ghost stories for the holidays. Remind me to tell you about Mimi in St. Louis after. Yes, after during the, the after talk, Courtney's got some. There's some crazy people in that Victorian <laughs> setting of the Meet Me in St. Louis 
around uh, Halloween and the crazy child and ghosts. And- Have you seen it, Patrice? Mm-mm. I've never we'll seen it till it. last night. Well, I'm well no, I take that back. I have, I have seen it, but it's been like a really long time ago. I don't yeah, think about that child in that mo- in that movie, not Judy Ooh, Garland, Lord. but the little child, her sister. Mm. <laughs> yes. All right. Should we? Break we'll, we'll talk about that good. later. Thank let's you. let's take a break. Yes, that was good. Do you want more Strange South every week? We can help. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast, to keep the chat going with our whole creepy community. Do you have a story idea for us or a story of your own to share? Email us at stories at thestrangesouth.com. Plus, if you join our Patreon, you not only help support the podcast, you get an exclusive bonus episode for every show and a discount on merch. You can find links to all of these things on our website, thestrangesouth.com, along with photos, links, and show notes from every episode, Strange South t-shirts, mugs, and other goodies. See you there. This is very much along the same lines as what Marlea was talking about as far as... I do have one Christmas story, but really this is kind of a... or this is dedicated to the medical community right now who are just busting their ass, you know, risking their lives for everybody um, during this pandemic. Uh, These stories that I'm going to tell are uh, healthcare related. They're healthcare related ghost stories. And uh, fortunately they were pre-COVID because we know that all the COVID stories now are their own horror show. Yeah. So um, this goes out to you, uh, anyone in the healthcare community. Thank you so much um, for being there for all of us. And thank you. I want to thank everybody who's doing their part to try to make things easier for them yes. um, by, you know, doing all the things, right? All right. So a lot of the story, a couple of stories I got were from Reddit, which I love because I mean it's just open playland of <laughs> of things. And um, one of them is this book that I highly recommend that if you like healthcare, scary healthcare stories, um, and it's got the creepy as fuck cover uh, that I have like a really I have to like flip. I bought it Kindle, so I have to like flip past that page because it's just it's a scary fucking cover um but it's by richard what does uh, it look like well this is a ghost with feet floating in the middle of a hospital hall oh and it's just really scary and you know it reminds me a lot and it's hospitals scare me a lot uh you know i used to be scared of the exorcist and the exorcist doesn't scare me as much, you know, like it did when I was like way younger and stuff. But the second exorcist, was it the one where it had the old woman crawling upside down in the halls and she had like the shears mm. at the table? Do y'all remember that? that I like, never saw the second one. She tried to like take off somebody's head with it because she was, so that scared the fuck out of me more than anything. And that's what that the cover reminds me of. Um, So I have like, I'm triggered by that cover, I guess. But the book is uh, Haunted Healthcare uh, by Richard uh, Eastup. And he just went around like talking to healthcare professionals and uh, grabbing their stories and relaying them to them. And uh so, you know, hospitals are scary 
period, no -hmm. matter what, even if like you're going to the hospital to give birth, it's scary because, you know, being the person given birth, you have to, if you think about it too much, you're thinking like, okay, I am like willingly going into a place and this, (laughs) this person is supposed to come out of my body somehow. (laughs) That is very scary. And it's to be painful. And there's no, there's no way out of it. I remember being pregnant and it's being in like, you know, the ninth month and I had a planned C-section because Max was breech. But regardless, I had panic attacks because I was like, this person that I've been growing in my belly has to come out some way or another and it's not going to be pleasant. So just the fact that, you know, either it's going to come out a hole or it's going to come out like, (laughs) uh, uh, you know, an incision. incision. Yeah. It's it's just like, you don't really want to think about that too much. So while the joy of having a baby is wonderful, the actual process not so much and you know hospitals are sterile and creepy as fuck Mm. I'm sorry everybody knows this and you know Mm -hmm. a lot of people die in the hospital which you know again as far as ghost activity goes makes them like you know the place to happen Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right especially at night and especially if you're a night shift nurse and a lot of the, um, just reading some of the stories, you know, a lot of something that night shift nurses are familiar with, or, you know, if they go and work at a lot of different places, you know, at night, they'll often hear like children laughing in certain rooms or tables being moved, although there's nobody in the, mo- the room or the person that's in the room cannot get out of bed to make the thing move. Mm. Call bells go off, lights come off and on. So stuff like that. So my first story happens uh, at night with a night nurse and I call it room seven. And this is, I got this from Reddit. This man and his wife who were both in, they were both hospice, but they were staying in the room together uh, one night, the man's wife starts hitting the call bell like every few minutes saying that there were people strangling her husband and older, older people um, in hospice, you know, a lot of times older people will have dementia mm-hmm. and they'll start hallucinating stuff. My grandmother had dementia and she started talking to like her parents who had been dead like a really, really, really long time. And, um, and so, you know, this is something that they are familiar with. So they're not, you know, they're not unfamiliar. So the woman's saying like, there are people strangling her husband and she was like really frantic. So the nurse goes in there and there was nobody in the room. And so she goes out and this continues to happen until about 3 a.m. And she stopped calling the nurses but the nurses at the station said we could still hear her screaming at the people to leave her husband alone and to get off of him. And every time they'd go in there to try to console her, it didn't work. Um, She was basically unconsolable. And so, you know, they went back out and later on that night that the man actually ended up dying. 
And the woman still have a sedative for her. I mean, it seems like you would think I, 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 again, Courtney, I don't, I'm sorry. I've got so many questions. I don't know. know. Reddit (laughs) failing us. (laughs) You send that letter to Reddit and just tell them that you need answers. Mr. Reddit man, your little antennas. So the lady stayed in that room in room seven after her husband died and she would continue to talk to the people that were there in the room and it just like really freaked the nurses out. She eventually like ended up dying um, not too long after her husband uh, during that year. And with the rooms there at this place, uh, you know, for the next year or so 20 or more people and all of them had dementia would go into that room and within three weeks they would die Mm. like it just became like this thing that when people went into room seven they didn't stay you know with us too much longer and so all the nurses thought room seven was cursed and um they they even said like when people who are acting fine would go into that room their entire personality would change within a couple of days of being in there Mm -hmm. and because of the um frequency of people like dying a few weeks after getting into room seven room seven would always be opened and so they would hate to send them in there but there was no other room available and people you know who lived in that room would scream at night would become Mm -hmm. combative refuse their medicine and forget how to talk basically they had the room checked for like mole and mold not mold but mold (laughs) and poor like air circulation and they nothing could be found and everybody who worked that floor near room seven knew to shut the door when it was empty Mm. that was one story they didn't (laughs) say that the other people heard anything like her I guess not. Sorry. No. <laughs> All inquiries. Ready. To Ready. Mr. I mean, Reddit. Reddit. Reddit, man, you're disappointing me with your details. <laughs> that another nurse worked at used to have a pediatric unit. Sorry, this one made me laugh. I've read several of these. I mean, the whole book just creeps me the fuck out. Uh, but <laughs> this this is another Reddit story. So in, one of the nurses worked in this hospital that used to have a pediatric unit and they ended up turning it into a regular like medical surgery unit. And she started working there when she was a student nurse and heard rumors of like, there was a ghost child in the staircase kind of thing. And supposedly it was like a patient from the pediatric unit that had passed away that just hadn't moved on. So that was kind of the rumors that were going around. So when she was, you know, working there, she heard people talking about it and she ended up being on a night shift uh, one night, you know, the lights in the hallways were always turned off. And she said sometimes when she was standing in the hallway charting with the lights, the hallway lights off, she would see something in the corner um, of her eye, like at the door leading to the stairway. And so she thought she didn't really, you know, she heard the stories and stuff, but she really thought it was something more than like 
she thought it was like her eyesight and it was going bad or something like that. Mm-hmm. But she would have patients that would say like, who was that kid in their room? And every time their rooms would be the ones closest to the stairway near that pediatric unit where the kid was always seen. Mm-hmm. And it would always be between like midnight and two o'clock in the morning. And um, obviously there was no longer a pediatric unit there. There shouldn't be kids in the hospital. So there was absolutely no, you know, explanation for it. She did end up like going and getting new glasses, thinking that she was like just seeing something because her eyes were bad. It got to the point where a lot of the nurses at that station at night would not go uh, stand alone in the hallways because they they would see shadows. Mm. And, but she still thought, well, this is like a mind over matter thing. She really wasn't truly convinced about it. Um, She had her eye exam. So she had all, you know, she had confidence that it was just, you know, mind over matter. They were just like making it scary when it really wasn't. Uh, You know, she would take the stairs a lot, you know, moving paperwork uh, between her unit and other units if people uh, would get upgraded. And she would sometimes hear footprints. Uh, steps in the stairwells that weren't her own and she said one day and this is after the you know this is after she got all her bravery up and you know glasses changed and she was taking that paperwork up she heard footsteps behind her Hmm. on the stair um, way and she like she turned around and she's like the doors uh, that open and close into the stairwell are like so loud that it's like you can't sneak up on anybody. You can't like mm-hmm. open up the door and get in the stairwell without somebody noticing it. So she chased them all the way up to the roof. And of course, there was nobody there. Um, none of the doors had opened, but she came back in. She said that she heard somebody say her name, clearest day. So she ended up like getting freaked out. Mm-hmm. She decided she's not taking the stairs anymore because the footsteps in her name being said, like, did it for her. However, one night she did have to go. Of course, the morgue was in the basement. Oh, my God. No. Mm-hmm. And the lab that she needed was also in the basement. And she refused to take the stairs that night. So she took the elevator. Well, the elevator got stuck and she <laughs> no. her phone had no reception and she, she had like a full blown anxiety attack they're in the elevator so finally she's at the basement the doors open she drops off the specimen at the lab she's like trying to make the decision of whether she should take creepy stairs back up or like you know risk getting stuck in the elevator again and she says she's sitting there trying to make this decision when this huge metal door next to her slams like somebody got a running start and a body slammed into it and she realized it's the door to the morgue. Ah. So she yells, hell no. <laughs> she ran up the stairs um, in a like massive state of panic. She says she injured herself on the way up there that she literally had to have knee surgery later on. Oh no. Um, she asked, you know, everybody if, you know, that was working there, you know, that night, or if anybody was working down the morgue that night, and of course nobody was, she went to the security room Mm. where they had monitors of the cameras. 
and they looked at footage just like and all you could really see was just me spazzing out and running Mm. Uh, she still thinks it was all in her head but she gets really creeped out being in that old hospital when it's very dark and quiet and Mm. she ended up going to day shifts a few months later simply because she just couldn't take it no Damn. i would have made somebody go to the morgue with me yeah no kidding <laughs> I have mr reddit i'm sorry you're gonna have to accompany me to the morgue <laughs> exactly <laughs> answer a few questions yes. while we go exactly. down there <laughs> no way <laughs> and i've had friends that have have been nurses and one of the guys i used to work with was a um he was getting his nursing degree and at the time, and probably still, I mean, nursing is like one of those fields, like you will always have a job. You will never not be without a job. It's needed so bad, especially uh, male nurses in like psychiatric hospitals and stuff mm-hmm. are sought after. And he, he was like a computer tech, but he was getting his nursing degree. And when he quit the tech field and went into nursing, they like gave him a free ride. Like they were paying, the place that he was working at was paying for him to go to school. He worked night shifts at the psychiatric hospital. And he said, basically, all I do here is study my nursing while I'm at work and I get paid to be at work. And he's like, and occasionally something crazy happens. But most of the times it was really quiet and he was able to like get his school paid for, get his uh, nursing degree and get paid at a day job on like, like all of that, just, you know, being in the field mm-hmm. um, there, which is like, it's crazy. It's crazy. And he had some crazy stories, which I will not share on air. But my last story comes from the uh, Richard Eastup's uh, Haunted Healthcare book, which again, if you're interested in reading and want a nice creepy book to make you not go to sleep at night, highly recommend it. This is um, from actually Lexington, Kentucky, a woman that he interviewed that was a nurse um, uh, told him this story. And she told him she has a bit of a gift. So she was already, you know, she had already came into the field, like knowing that she see things that other people didn't see. Like ever since she was a little girl, she kind of, you know, was attuned to the spirit world. And she says she worked at this place um, there in Kentucky, in Lexington, Kentucky. And she started noticing like this young girl in a Victorian era dress standing beneath the uh, branches of a large tree in the cemetery. Mm. And, you know, just stuff like that, that she would say that was kind of like what her gift brought her. So she was working at the hospital in the ICU unit there. Is that, is it, IC, what is IC, critical? intensive uh, critical care unit okay so saying icu unit is like saying unit unit that's what (laughs) okay so she was working there at the icu and they had less than six separate overflow rooms which would not cut it today right Mm -hmm. uh for when things got critical for extra patients and they called it kind of like their annex that was their annex that they would use if the icu filled up Three weeks before Christmas, which is normally their slow period, 
the block of rooms would be empty and they would just sit there. And uh, however, there was like a elderly gentleman that was brought into the ICU uh, unit and was waiting on an organ transplant right before Christmas. And his health started to really deteriorate rapidly. And really at that point, the best that they could do um, because he was placed on life support was, you know, just keep him comfortable. And they ended up actually removing him from life support and just keeping him comfortable, comfortable until he died. So because he wasn't, I mean, the prognosis was grim and they weren't like actively trying to save him because mm -hmm. he was beyond saving. They put him in one of these empty annex rooms. And the man ended up passing away peacefully without suffering. And his body was taken away and you know, given to the morticians. Once that happened, everybody was out of the, the annex. There was nobody in the annex again. And things again were slow at the hospital and the nurses made a point to like, you know, savor the precious downtime and, you know, Christmas being a few days away, um, they knew things would pick up again. So, you know, they would read and just pass the time up uh, along, especially like at the night shifts which is, you know, what she was working. So she was sitting there at the call station and they are the nurse's station and the call light from the room that the patient had been in lit up mm. and there was nobody in the annex and they had already removed the man down to the morgue. You know, everything was dark down that hallway, except when they looked up the where the call light had car the room that the call button had been pushed the light was on so she was like okay so she went down there and she said when she walked into the room it was like got really she got like weird feeling like an eerie sensation and she's like the longer she stood in that room just the stronger that feeling got like if she turned around she felt like somebody would be right behind her like that mm. really kind of creepy feeling so she canceled the call button and she switched off the light and she went back down to the nurse's station and the other nurse said like what who was that what was going on and the lady said like I, I don't know there's nobody back there so she picks up her book and she starts reading again about 15 minutes pass and the call button pings again so this time, both nurses go back and check it out. The room is completely empty. And they thought, well, maybe it's like faulty equipment or something like that. So they turn off the call button, shut off the light. Ten minutes later, the light comes back on and the call button, uh, you know, bings them again or rings again. So this time, one of the nurses decides to pick it up and say, how can I help you? And she pauses and then she looks at her friend and she's like, I hear footsteps walking around in the room. Oh my God. And they knew that this was like the room that the last patient had died in. So she agrees to go back down there once more. The light was back on. She turns off the light. She's a little freaked out at this point. And I she, would not go back down there. Shit. She, as she like, she goes in there. She sees a shadow figure standing in front of the window. And of course, at this point, she just like you know shuts everything off and runs back down there, and they ignore it. Like whatever's happening, they just leave the lights on. It doesn't call again. 
So for several days, there, they started to be multiple sightings of the same shadowy figure. Mm. And it all happens between like 2.30 and 3. And the man who had died previously that night died like about 1.15 in the morning. And the room started to gain like this reputation for being haunted. They had maintenance come, check out um, the call switch, check out the lights. They were stumped. But that one nurse was like, you know, I'm convinced that it is the spirit of the old man who died in that room, um, is earthbound for whatever reason, and is trying to attract attention from the nurses. You know, she said she didn't possess the ability to help the shadow man move on, but she found herself like every time she was in there, she felt like a tightness in her chest when she was in that room. And she was wondering whether the spirit of the elderly man was watching over that room or just like to call nurses in the middle of the night. (laughs) (laughs) So after that, she goes, gets another job. This last story that the same woman tells is still in Kentucky and it's right outside the Civil War battlefield. It's where the hospital is located. And there had been like multiple sightings of like female apparitions dressed in like old timey nurses uh, uniforms from that period. So it was a pretty active site. This time she's working day shift ICU. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had one patient who had like multiple illnesses that were basically beyond curing. So again, they were just giving him palliative care and making him comfortable until the end. And that night the man passed uh, with his family around him. So his family was there when he died. And the next day she ran into the priest who was there to administer him last rites before he died. And he looked at her and he's like, can, you know, can I talk to the nurses who took care of this guy last night? Cause I got a story to tell y'all. And she was like, okay. So it seems like the night before when the family was like, were visiting um, the man, uh, he had passed. And so they were just sitting there with the body right after he had passed. And one of the family members came out to get the nurse on duty. And she's like, you know, this is a little strange. Um, we know that he is no longer breathing and his heart has stopped. But, well, he's standing in the corner of the room. Um what? And so the nurse is like, you know, probably what the fuck. Um. (laughs) And she's like, "Uh, you probably need to come see this for yourself. So the family member takes the nurse into the room. And she said when she walked in, she saw the body of the old man laying motionless in the bed where he had died, where he was dead, surrounded by his family. And she's like, you know, the cardiac monitor, like everything was flatlined, you know, all activity had stopped. She said, but the patient was just like the family member said, standing in the corner of the room. And the nurse said that she looked at him. He looked back. Nobody spoke. Um, And at that point, you know, the nurse called the priest to come in there and he came to give last riots 
uh, less riots, <laughs> less, less riots, riot. Riot, ah! uh, <laughs> and he offered up, he's like, he came in now, whether or not we'll have to like write the author. I don't know, Courtney, if the priest saw <laughs> the apparition or not, but you know, he said a prayer, um, over the people there and over the body of the man and the man's ghost uh, walked across the room and disappeared into the closed door. Oh, the nurse saw this. Yes. But we don't know if the priest did. That's we don't know saying. if the priest did. We're assuming wow. the priest did as well because he was relaying the story. Oh, okay. Yes. So mm. that is my healthcare ghost stories for this Christmas season. And I know, I know a couple of nurses listen to the podcast and we are all about like any spooky stories you want mm -hmm. to tell us. Yes. We don't have to use your name or where you work at. We are more than welcome to keep it vague. And we will have Courtney writing questions. <laughs> don't worry. I have so many questions already before you even start. <laughs> But I also just want to say thank you a million, yes, million you. times. Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you, nothing. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Before nothing the pandemic, is... thank you. But especially now. Especially now. I've been crying at uh, oh. vaccine videos of healthcare workers. Like it got yeah. me all teared up oh, yesterday. Oh, I know. I know. For real. Um, yeah, absolutely. Thank y'all so much. And thank everybody for listening. We appreciate you for thank staying you. with us and listening to our spooky Christmas time stories. Yes. stories. I thank made you that for another year. I know stories. it's been a rough one. Uh, we yes. started this year with my surgery and the one time we had the podcast in my house and you warned us of the pandemic and I'll never I forget know. it. Oh, it, Patrice. my gosh. I know. I was lying in my bed mm -hmm. when I'm sitting in now after mm -hmm. surgery when you told that story. I know. And, you know, y'all, I it, it was reading about the 1918 pandemic was like it had me freaked out. But mm -hmm. just at like ghost sightings, you just like deny like, OK, that was really scary. That's not going to happen this time. Mm -hmm. And I apologize for any kind of flippancy that I gave to this virus and any I, form. my memory is that you didn't you did. i think i okay. was flipping you were you were serious <laughs> yeah you knew it was coming like, I, I was, oh my god this is what's gonna happen yeah 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 i don't think you were and it's even scarier um i've just read like the uk like the virus has mutated which nope is... we're not talking about it nope okay I won't all right we can't talk Bye. about that i don't want to talk about that part hey what I'm we're sick. gonna talk about is when are you gonna open your christmas gifts that we... <gasps> oh yeah we're gonna do an after show yeah, we can do that after show. Thanks, okay. everybody. If mm -hmm. you want to check out the after show, you can go to our Patreon page and to find it, go to our website, thestrangesouth.com. Click on support us. It's $3 a month. It is like a really cheap Starbucks mm -hmm. uh, a month. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Wow, um, that's way cheaper than Starbucks. Yeah, it is way cheaper than Starbucks. I don't think Starbucks. Anything at Starbucks for $3. I really don't think so either. But uh, <laughs> we'd appreciate it so much. And if you have any stories you'd like to share with us, uh, you can email us at stories at thestrangesouth.com. But everything's there on our website. If you have any questions, Facebook, Instagram, we are here, there, and everywhere. So we appreciate y'all too. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you, everybody. Merry Happy Christmas. Holidays. Bye. Bye. Bye.